When I read the Gospels, and maybe you find the same thing as well, I can often relate to the struggles, the weaknesses, the imperfections of these disciples of Jesus. It's so easy to relate to them. And therefore, it's easy for us to imagine that there must have been times when they wondered, where is all this going? Where is it leading? Is it worth it? Leaving behind some of the things they left to quit the sphere of life that they formerly lived. And then Jesus is talking about trials, not just the ordinary trials of human life, but he's, he's talking about new trials. He's talking about persecution. He's talking about picking up a cross, denying ourselves, and following him. And then he begins to talk about his own imminent passion and death on the cross. Where is all this going? Is it worth it? And then this moment when these three are allowed to witness the glory of God bursting forth from the humanity of Jesus Christ. And Peter, he thinks this is it. Let's just stay up here on the mountain. He wants to take this one snapshot of the life of Jesus and just focus on that. It's striking when we read passages in the scriptures about the majestic splendor of God, of his great holiness, of his glory, and to put that within the humanity of Christ. To me, it's amazing that his face did not shine like the sun every moment of his life, that his clothes did not dazzle white as snow every day. When they beheld this glory coming forth from Christ, what they did not fully realize, and maybe we ourselves do not fully realize this, they were beholding their redeemed selves. They were beholding what God is able to do when a heart opens to the grace of God, the transfigured glory that it leads to for every single person. We are called to participate like these disciples in that glory. This is why St. Paul could say to those early Christians who were opening themselves to the power of the death and resurrection of Jesus, we are being transformed from glory to glory.
such that he said, you will be like stars shining brilliantly in a night sky. Sounds like transfiguration to me. Do we realize the greatness of our calling? Of what we are capable of becoming in Christ? That we are called to live magnanimous lives that radiate this glory. But we need to understand what this really means. This is why Jesus said to these three, do not tell anyone about what you've just seen until after I have risen from the dead. Why did Jesus say this? Because this glory would have been misunderstood. And so would the greatness of their vocation. If we would have just taken this single snapshot of Jesus Christ. Because this glory is a glory that passes through the cross. And it's only in passing through the cross that we understand the glory of God and our own participation in it. Who is God? What is the glory of God if it's going to manifest itself in a human nature like Christ? The Bible says that this glory is summed up when it says God is love. Okay, well, what does that love look like in our humanity? It is a love that is so amazing that it empties itself completely and gives itself totally unto death. To the last breath, to the last drop of blood, in sacrificial, self-giving love. And so, this is why Jesus said right before the transfiguration, if you want to follow me, and now we can say, what he meant was, if you are going to follow me to glory, he said, deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow me. For the one who tries to save his life will lose it. But the one who gives his life will save it. Now we understand the connection between that and the transfiguration and the way that leads to it. The grace of God in our life as his disciples wants to bring about this transfiguration so that your life and mine will radiate this glory. And this leads to the principle that Bishop Barron, I think, nails in this one statement when he says, our being increases only to the degree 
that it is given away. And we see this with Abraham in the first reading. Our being only increases to the degree that we give it away. And therefore, redemption can be understood as Jesus coming down to deliver us from a small, shriveled-up life. I love that word that's the, what, that's the opposite of magnanimous. I'm sure you've heard of it. Pusillanimous. Puny. A life that is shallow, shriveled up, lukewarm, narrow. Jesus Christ did not suffer, die, and rise from the dead so that we could live a shriveled version of ourselves. He leads me, for example, by prayer on a path out of the shriveled, self-centered life of egotism. Where the more life is all about me, about my whims, my passions, my instincts, it's all about me and my ego. Jesus Christ leads me out of another form of self-centeredness, which we call hedonism, a life that is centered around pleasure, around comfort, around entertainment. What a small life. And now, thanks to technology, I have entertainment in the palm of my hand. And with a touch of a finger, I can entertain myself anytime I have a free moment. Rather than find a way to give my life away, I can just enclose myself in a bubble of entertainment and just let my life shrivel away. Or Jesus can lead me by the path of almsgiving out of another form of self-centered living, which we call materialism or consumerism, where our life can become easily centered around money and material things and what we have or don't have. The second one, by the way, the path is penance and fasting is what leads us out of that self-centered life of pleasure. We are called to a life of greatness. And I witnessed that greatness, for example, the other night, Monday night, after the Alpha Course, when some of our parishioners, after cleaning the snow off of their car, helped to remove the snow off of other cars. Self-giving life. Instead of just cleaning off their own car and driving away, they found a way to give their lives for others. I saw this glory Friday night when a bunch of our youth put on a wonderful pasta dinner for those who came. And to see the radiant joy on their faces in serving that meal for others. It's beautiful to live for others. I saw this glory a while ago at a gathering when 
an elderly couple of our parish sat at a table where someone was sitting all by themselves. And they sat with that person. Glory. Not saving our lives, but giving it away. This makes us realize how momentous and important the decisions of our life can be. When I walk by that dishwasher and don't unload it and expect someone else to do it, I am sinning against my own call to greatness. And I am choosing a shriveled life of self-centeredness. And this is happening all the time. What are we going to choose? If I'm a little kid immersed in my video games and that becomes my whole life, I become less aware of needs of my own family and of being able to be generous and helping out around the house. We got to be so careful how we are using this technology. It used to be when you walked into a public place, you'd at least have some people who would look up and notice you to make you feel at least like you existed. How common today now, when you walk in a public place and no one even looks up, they're all looking down at cell phones and iPads and whatever else. And I, even though I'm in the public, I feel like a man that is isolated and alone with nobody who even cares if I exist. And I want to scream out and say, hey, let's start being human again. By the way, we are social beings. Let's engage each other. If we are not careful how we integrate this technology, which can be used for so many good things, yet it is leading so many people to a life that is shriveled, self-centered, and diminishing the capacity for love. The new saints of today are going to be the ones that are living life that are going out to engage the culture, to engage other people, not living life through a computer. How many lives are dying in front of screens? We are called to a great vocation in Christ. And now we're going to receive the Eucharist Here's my body given up for you. Here's my blood poured out for you. And we want to take that into ourselves so that we can say with our lives, here's my life given for you. Here's my life poured out for you. A life radiating the glory of God. This is why prayer and fasting and penance and almsgiving are so important because it leads us out of this strong inclination to lives that are self-centered. 
shriveled, puny, and small. That's not what we want. That's not what's going to renew the world and impact it and lead it to glory. So let's allow Jesus to now come to us and share the grace that will give us the power to make different choices this week that will radiate this glory in the things that we do. Amen?